Hey guys, welcome back to another News Right Right Now episode. We are, I'm inviting Daphne. See where she's at. Oh, there she is. Let me bring her in from the waiting room. And there she is. Hi, Daphne. Hi. Yeah. I'm good. How about you? Yeah, me too. So, um, this is our sixth News Now episode or show on 5-10-2020. Guess what, guys? We have our custom merch. Yep, that's you told right. Us this last episode. Huh? You told us this last episode, just if you forgot, just saying. Yes. And to buy it, all you need to do is go to shop.spreadshirt.com and you'll be on your road right there, okay? So let me just show you what our merch looks like. Here's go, let's share my screen. Here we go. Okay, as you can see over here, this is how it works. We have all kinds of stuff. Okay, let's say you want to buy this, which looks very weird. Anyway, also for 10 more days, we got 15% off. Let's redeem that. Automatically take off this price. Oh, wait, no. We do not, free sh there, we do not have free shipping, unfortunately. We have multiple colors for multiple things, as you can see. Okay, then over here... You can see what it looks like. Anyway, over here, you can customize it. This is my favorite part for all of them. You can just customize it to whatever you want it to look like. And over here, as you can see, you can change different colors. It tells you, like, the name of the colors here. Okay, so I want this one. Over here, we can change our stuff. Over here, we can see the difference with the front and the back. Once you're done... You can then go ahead and press get price. It's going to show you your price, $15.99. And over here, it's one size. As you can see, the size table, yep, see, but it's all one size. So that kind of defeats the purpose. Anyway, okay, so yeah, we have our custom merch, covered that. Okay, so we have a Patreon page, too, where you guys can support us by giving us donations on Patreon. And it's at patreon.com slash news right right now. Okay, um, we are doing live behind the scenes for the people who are on Patreon. Um, I couldn't get it to work this time, but next time it'll work. Good. Okay, we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash news now podcast. We are at home right now, but we could still do our news. Right, Daphne? Mm -hmm. Okay. Before I begin, or before we begin, I would like to take the time to show you how to wear a mask. Okay. Let me grab my mask. Here it is. Okay. So, here we are, my mask. And here we are, my mask. Okay. So, as you see, this is sometimes how some people wear it. They wear it, but they don't cover their nose. If you guys are listening to the podcast and they obviously can't see us, like this. 
This is how people work usually. But the thing is, you're only covering 50% of the particles because covering your mouth, but not your nose. So how you need to wear it correctly is you bring it up, up and over your nose like so. It's like that you're covering your nose and you're covering your mouth. So you get double the protection. Okay, great. Um, also, I don't know why people do this. Sometimes I see people driving by and they have their masks on their, or while they're driving their car. Okay. Okay. Okay, I explained how to wear a mask correctly. Yep, did that. Okay, let's hop right into the news, starting with the COVID-19 update. Could a new type of ultraviolet lamps be used in stations, airplanes, and schools to kill dangerous viruses, becoming a game chamber in the COVID-19 fight? Researchers at Columbia University have been working on such uses for years, and the current pandemic could confirm the value of their efforts. UVC lamps have long been used to kill um, bacteria, viruses, and molds, notably in hospitals and in the food processing industry. As the coronavirus pandemic knocks the world, economies on their heels, the technology is experiencing a boom. But UVC for ultraviolet C rays are dangerous, causing skin cancer and eye problems and can be used only when no one is present. The New York subway system, followed by the followed the example of Chinese subways, plans to use ultraviolet lamps to disinfect its trains, but only during nighttime closures. A team of Columbia's Centers for Radiologic Research is experimenting with so-called far UVC rays, whose wavelength of 222 nanometers makes them safe for humans, but still lethal to viruses, the center's doctor, David Brenham, told News Right right now. At those frequencies, he explained, the rays cannot penetrate the surface of, of the skin nor the eye. That means that they could be used in clothing, or they could be used in closed and crowded spaces where the contamination risks run high and potentially a huge promise for the use during current pandemic. In late April, President Donald Trump offered confusing remarks about somehow projecting ultraviolet rays into people's bodies to kill the coronavirus. He appeared to be in, inspired by a federal research on the effects of natural light on the virus. But natural light has no UVC rays. In, in 2013, the Columbia team began studying the effectiveness of far UVC against drug-resistant bacteria. It, it next examined the rays using against viruses, including the flu virus. One, only recently did it turn its attention to the coronavirus. We were thinking 
How can we apply what we are doing to this current situation, Brenner said. But the test to impact of the UVC on the extremely contagious coronavirus, the teams had to move its equipment to a highly biosecure laboratory at Columbia. Experiments carried out the starting three, four, three, four weeks ago, Brenner said. He had already made clear that the UVC rays destroy the virus on surfaces within minutes. The team next plans to test the lamps on viruses suspended in the air as one an infected person coughs or sneezes. In parallel, tests are being conducted to confirm that these rays are harmless to humans. For 40 weeks now, the lab has exposed mice to far UVC rays for eight hours a day, five days a week, and intensities 80 times higher than we might think of using with humans. The results? After testing the rodents' eyes and skin, we found absolutely nothing. The mice are very happy and cute as well, Brenner said. The experiment was set to continue for 20 more weeks. The findings cannot be fully validated by the scientific community until all remaining steps have been taken, even if the team has already submitted and prenatally results to the journal Nature. The world has changed, but the pressure to reopen the world's economies has becoming enormous factories that are accelerating their production of ultraviolet lamps without waiting. We really need something in situations like offices, restaurants, airplanes, hospitals, Brenner says, said. If UVC lamps have already been in commercial use for two to three years, notably the diamond industry, where they can see the distinguished artificial from real gems, potentially clients are now, Langan says, companies producing them. We felt for a long time that is great application for this technology, John, said John Yerger, the CEO of Eden Park Illumination, small product based in Champion, Illinois. But with the pandemic, the world has changed in a lot the three last months, he added. And the US FDA has relaxed its um, regulation of tools or agents that can be used for disinfecting encouraging manufacturers to find a solution. There'll be thousands and thousands of these things, UVC lamps, for sure. Jurger said, the question is, will it be millions? What we are seeing is a tremendous amount of customer interest to produce lamps for airplanes, cruise ships, restaurants, movie theaters, and schools, said Shinji Kamita, Chief Operations Officer for the US for Ushio, a Japan manufacturer. Production of its 222 nanometer lamp sold for $500 to $800 and nearly used in some Japanese hospitals will be stepped up in October, he said. In the meantime, Brenner said he has been losing sleep. I spend nights thinking, if this far UVC project, project has started one or two years earlier, maybe we have pretended the COVID-19 crisis, he said. Not completely, but maybe we would have prevented it from being a pandemic. Now for a quick break. So Daphne, Daphne. So what do you think about this? Um, that you can simply put light onto something, and the coronavirus comes off of it. 
I don't think that's true, honestly. It sounds kind of, you know, weird. Okay, good to know. Okay. Today we have partnered back up with Lakers Fan 3 Parade. Are you organizing and cleaning out your house and garage while you are stuck at home? Lakers Fan 348 would like to help you make your wallet a little thicker. Before you throw away all that stuff, speak to Lakers Fan 348 to help you sell your previously loved treasures on eBay. Also, check out his eBay store at www.ebay.com slash str slash Lakers Fan 348 store. He has all kinds of great products like Ramsey collectible toys and Starbucks barista bears. New items are added almost daily, and he has excellent feedback as feedback as top-rated seller. Once again, check out Lakers Fan 348 at www.ebay.com/lakers/str/lakersfan348. He has a Facebook page at facebook.com/lakersfan348ebay. Email him at lakersfan348ebay at gmail at gmail. Oh at gmail.com, right? It says at gmail. Uh, well, at gmail.com. That's supposed to say at gmail.com. There you go. Happy. Perfect. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Now back to the news. Nearly 190,000 people were tested for the coronavirus in New York City over the past two weeks, a record number. The increase in testing, crucial for curbing the outbreak, came as Mayor Bill de Blasso announced plans to hire a small army of 100 disease detectives to track down the contacts of every infected New Yorker. The city is also paying for hotels to house people who cannot quarantine in their cramped apartments and it may not use the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center in Queens for the same purpose. From the state capitol, Governor Andrew M. Cuomo has established a framework for reopening the state beyond the seven concrete health-related milestones, and he has asked Bill Gates, the restauranter Danny Meyer, the New York's Knicks owner James L. Dolan, and dozens of other outside advisors from the upper echelons of New York's business world to help guide him on how best to restart the economy and possibly reimagine public education. Still, despite all the plans and initiatives, the reopening of New York City remains a long way off. The factors that made that this, the city the U.S. epicenter of the pandemic its density, tourism, and defense, de dependence on mass transit, compliance to a return to a seemable of normalcy. The city is still far from meeting the public health metrics necessary to reopen from available critical care beds to new hospital administrations for the virus. While while states like Colorado, Georgia, and Texas have let the stay-at-home orders lapse and, and business like nail salons and retail stores reopen, New York State is moving cautiously, anticipating a partial reopening later this month, 
mostly in rural areas. How long might it take to restart the New York City's economy? Nobody can tell you, Mr. Kumo said last week. The virus has killed more than 19,000 people in New York City, a death toll that exceeds those in all but a small number of countries, Northern California, Illinois, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Texas combined. While the outbreak is receding in the city, more than 100 new positive a thousand new positive cases were reported last well, on, on at least at least three days last week for a total that now tops 181,000 dead, or the habit. The key to reopening is containing the virus that will take a vast infrastructure of testing and contact tracing unlike anything the United States has ever seen, public experts say. Even when the, the new public health apparatus is fully staffed and running. It will merely lay a foundation for business and residents to feel safe returning to work and play. Many may choose to stay home. The decision about when to reopen involves balancing act. The longer New York is shut down, the more pandemic will abate, reducing the need for testing and contact tracing while allowing officials more time to expand those efforts but the economic damage to the city and the state will grow. More than 830,000 people have filed for unemployment in New York City alone since mid-March when the shutdown began, according to state data. Mr. Kumo said his metrics, in line with recommendations from the federal CDC, would guide the state's reopening region by region, with the cities almost certainly among the last to return. A true reopening of the city, Mr. Deep Lasso said this month, remained a few months away at minimum. Plans for how to get these are still being created. A task force convened by the mayor held its first session via conference call late last month and it was sobering dose of realism, according to Jennifer Jones Austin at uh, the Federation of Protestant Walfarens Agency, who was on the call. Exactly two hotels are being used exclusively for isolation so far. The city has said it could expand to many, to as many as 11,000 beds. The 1,000 new contact tracers are to be part of the effort, will not be hired for weeks, and 1,500 more will be needed to meet Mr. Kumu's milestones. Testing capacities will not reach 50,000 a day until August at least, official says. That number may, still may not be sufficient. On Wednesday, when Mr. Kumo's panel of outside ad advisors held its first video meeting, it, it included no chief executives, little in the way of advice, and no talk on how to get New York City um, would back, get back on its feet. Questions and challenges. Mr. DeBlasso works on a mostly empty city hall in Lower Manhattan with a skeleton staff speaking to top officials and endless series of teleconferences and secure video chats. Each day, the mayor has an early call on small decisions, how long to extend moratorium on alternate state of the street parking rules, for example, and later, one or two big discussions about the city's future. But some of the 
of the most urgent questions, such as how to handle the normal load of nearly 6 million daily sub subway riders, or how 1.1 million school children might actually return to classrooms, have yet to be answered by either the city or the state. Schools have been canceled for the rest of the academic year, and the city's powerful teachers union, the, Feder the United Federation of Teachers, has already said it would expect a system of widely available testing, contact tracing, and cleaning to be ready and working before it would support reopening. The union has, has proposed experimenting with having schools in split shifts, morning and afternoon. Until the schools are open, a good subset of working New Yorkers cannot leave their homes, said Allison Hirosh, a top advisor at to um, Mr. de Blasso and one of several city officials, including Deputy Mayors Dean Fullyham and Vicki Bean, um, coordinating the reopening plans. There's an argument to be made that one of the reasons to keep the schools closed is to continue the force that anyone who can work from home, to continue to work from home, Ms. Hirsch said. That's one way we you can slow down the reopening and help maintain a flatter curve, Mr. Del Bliso said as he is planning to reopen schools in September. Schools are included as part of the government's fourth and final phase of any region reopening after restaurants and hotels. Restaurants are an easier problem to solve than the schools because the state can rely on up occupancy limits, says Jim Maltritz, an advisor to the governor on the virus response. Whether restaurants can survive with those limits is an open question. When it comes to schools, he says, the state had not figured it out yet. This is a potential source of infection, he says, um, citing the City University of New York as an example. How do you lecture hall and see you and why? You can't. At the state capitol in Albany, Mr. Kumu still holds his coronavirus meetings in person with a small group of close advisors, including Mr. Malatrates, the president of SUNY Empire State College, Melissa DeRusso, a government top aide, and the budget director, Robert Mujica. Much of Mr. Kumu's reopening planning for New York City has been led by two former top aides, Stephen M. Cohen, general counsel at the investment firm McAnders and Forbes, and William Merlot, who now works at the private equity film firm Blackstone. We will be back after our sponsored segment. Sorry. Anchor sponsors this segment. Start a podcast at Anchor on Anchor.fm. It, e it is an easy... To it is an easy to use pro podcast creation system that automatically distributes your podcast across all the network networks. My favorite feature is that it automatically pairs you with sponsors that your record with with your own script. To get started, go to Anchor.fm. Once again, that is that is Anchor. .fm. Now in good news. One local nurse has, has experienced both sides of the coronavirus pandemic, caring for the sick at a rehab in 
long-term care facility and has a patient herself battling, battling the virus. Wednesday was nurse Maria Phillips' first day back at work since suffering from the coronavirus and undergoing two rounds of quarantine. She says she is more determined than ever to be there for her patients. And that's exactly why she, that's exactly why she sees in her what she sees in her fellow work coworkers. I pulled out my phone and started to write. I just wanted to write a to write a goodbye. I didn't know if I was going to make it through the night. That's how terrifying it was, said said Phillips. Nurse Phillips was convinced that the night of April 2nd would be her last, her last. She's been a nurse for more than 30 years, but, she, but never experienced anything like fighting COVID-19. It hit, it hit us all at one time. It was like we were mugged. There was no warning, no nothing. It's just there, she says. Phillips says the illness spread through the manor care facility in Yardley Pop, and even while he wearing PPE, the virus spread to her. But she, she's thankful for the treatment that are becoming widely utilized in this, in this fight. I look at the hydrochloroquine and azithromycin immediately and it went great after quarantine after quarantine she was determined to get back to work and to and to the beside of the of the sick i wanted to make sure i could see their eyes again one wanted to make sure i was there to see a recovery philip says her team her team keeps her going despite the difficulty work difficulty work of the work. The nurse out there, there are the nurses out there are not just providing health care. They're providing emotional and mental care. Nurse Phillips says uh, Nurse Phillips says the silver lining is that the majority of COVID-19 patients are recovering. We'll be right back after a quick quick and break. After a quick and break. Stop snoring with Zipa or your money back. Zipa, which is happy Z spelled backwards, is the only solution that comes with Z Factor, our patented tongue elastic that ends your snoring. Plus, every Zipa is backed by our 90 day back guarantee. Stop the root cause of snoring by going directly after the tongue. It prevents the tongue from blocking your airway. Our revolutionary tongue elastic is the key to your ultimate success. Every Zipa is guaranteed. If you're not completely satisfied, return it between 90 days and, sorry, return it after 90 days, <clears throat> turn it after 90 days and you get a 100% free refund. Daphne? Daphne?
Now news. Airline workers have been largely spared from the carnage that's pushed it. Now on kids news. Three, two, one, liftoff! It's been a long time since NASA's astronaut took off in outer space for the United States. Believe it or not, while NASA has been on the forefront of space discovery and advancement, it's been nearly a decade since the American astronaut has traveled to outer space from somewhere in the United States. That's not, that's not to say, however, that American astronauts haven't been to space since then. On the contrary, since 2011, astronaut, uh, American astronauts have traveled the lands in Zaskupin. Yep, American astronauts travel halfway around the world. They travel halfway around the world. Um, <clears throat> they travel halfway around the around the world to another 254 miles up into outer space. That's a lot of work, if you ask us. But why a Russian spacecraft, not an American one? Since the NASA space shuttle the program has retired, was retired, there was only no way for American astronauts to travel to outer space except to hitch on a ride of the Soyuz. And by hitch ride, we mean that approximately 70 million percent per seats um, to get NASA astronauts to the ISS. Pricely, we know. But not to worry because things are changing. For the first time in nearly a decade, NASA astronauts Doug Harley and Bog Barkin will be traveling to the ISS from Florida's Kennedy Space Center on SpaceX Dragon Sp spacecraft. Liftoff will be on May 27th at 4.32 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be exciting movement on U.S. history, though, and one that NASA has been waiting for a long time. Fortunately, we will not be allowed to watch their, the launch in person because of the COVID-19. But we are certain millions of people glued to their TVs and laptops watch this historic space moment affair. Will you be watching? Okay, guys, um, um, thank you for watching this episode, and we have officially created our custom merch, as you saw. Okay, so 10% of all of our products go to Plastic Inc., which we are cleaning out the ocean with. And here is a little message from um, Ocean Hero, which is the search browser that you can use, and you will automatically, every five searches, you get to save a bottle of water go let me just pull my screen and share it and there we go and share here we go oh wait oh wait okay here we go share sound there we go let's watch it together by 2050 there will be more plastic than fish in the oceans there are 18 billion pounds of plastic waste entering our oceans every year. You've seen the images. Our marine life is under threat. So we've created a new plan to do something about it. Just by changing your search engine to Ocean Hero, we'll recover one ocean-bound plastic bottle for every five searches you do. So this is how our plan works. Like any other search engine, we earn money with search ads, but we use this money differently. Did you know that the large majority of plastic that ends up in the ocean comes from just six countries facing extreme poverty, often from people living in extremely harsh conditions without waste collection. Together with our partners, we can pay people in need in exchange for ocean-bound plastic. People can exchange plastic for money, but also for things like school tuition or sanitation. We are working together with partners like Plastic Bank, who have built up an infrastructure of plastic collection hubs to make this possible. Become part of a movement that saves the oceans by searching the web. It's a small step for you, but a large one for the planet.
the link or go to oceanherald.today and give it a try. Okay, so Daphne, how do you feel after saying that? Think it's good that something is happening like this? Okay, um, good to know. Okay, so what happens when you're a Patreon member? Well, you get early access behind the scenes, live and extras. And yep. Okay, so we'll be back next week. If you want to sponsor us, you can email us at news.now.podcast.gmail.com. Otherwise, you can see us on Facebook at facebook.com slash newsnowpodcast. On behalf of everybody here, thank you for watching this episode of News Right Right Now. We will see you next week. Peace. Goodbye, y'all. This podcast was made with Anchor.fm.